the cosmos. A vast celestial machine, carved from atoms which are much smaller than grapes, molecules more clever than digital computers, and a dazzling collection of shining stars, crazy planets, and far-out asteroids all whirring around the outer space areas of the universe. I'm Roy H. Pomeroy, and this is a very special space-themed episode of the Roy H. Pomeroy Podcast. Later on in today's show, we will be speaking with Dr. Carl Sagan from Cosmos, who has a new book out called California Myth or Science. And we will also have space guests and cosmic surprises which are out of this world. Running the dials and the levers of the soundboard is Henry Francis Tottenham. How was your weekend, sports chief? Mm, pretty good. Just hung out, you know, just chilled. Did you see any sports? No, not really. Tremendous. Are you all set with the reverb? Can I turn that off? Mm, no, Henry, I'm still using the reverb. It makes my voice sound like it's coming from outer space. Okay, um, can I turn the music down a little bit? It's kind of loud. Well, I should suspect that, if anything, the music should be much louder. <laughs> the needle's almost in the red. That's exactly what the audience wants. They're calling out for more volume. You gotta give them more volume, Henry. I know, this is supposed to be background music, though. Listen to the angelic choirs of the New Age music and the glory of the cosmos, Henry. Turn it up. Okay. And can I trouble you for a little more reverb in my headphones, please? Roy, get real. Is this a mutiny I see before thine eyes? More reverb, young man. Right now. Okay, but if you break it, Roy, you bought it. Reverb. Check one, two. Outer space. The cosmos. A whirring void of unbelievable space materials. (laughs) This is going to be... I was going to say it's going to be very unlistenable, but I think people are going to enjoy this. Of course they will, Henry, but, uh, you know, just in case, I take full responsibility. This is not Henry's fault. He cautioned me against using this much background music and this much reverb. Uh, Good heavens and stars and stripes, what's that? There's a fault code blinking on the Lexicon Digital Reverb output stage. Digital? Roy, we're like 18 seconds away from total failure and overheating. We have to turn it down right now. We have to shut it down. You will hold your position, you hear me? We have 3%. Steady? 2%. Steady still? It's going critical. Alright, shut it down. It's too late, it's broken. Are you serious? Fault code double zero, Roy. Oh, layman's terms. I don't know all your dials and levers and all that super secret audio talk. Well, here, I'll read from the manual. Sure. It says fault code double zero for the Lexicon Digital Reverb. Right. Uh, Reverb core has encountered too much heat. Yes, yes. It must be locked for 24 hours to lock. Hold down program button one. Right. While power cycling unit. And it should beep. Ah. And that's it. We have 24 hours of no reverb. Henry, here's what I can offer you. Okay. Even if I pressure you and give you a direct order to turn that reverb unit back on, you ignore it, mister. Roger. Great. Even if I cajole, threaten, or make wild claims against you and your person, defy me. I don't think it can be turned back on. Well, that's what you say right now, but who knows what you'll say later. I can tell you what I'm going to be saying for 24 hours. And what's that? The unit's locked and I can't turn it back on. Splendid. Just don't get upset when I tell you this later. Oh, I won't mind. Yeah? Heck, I'll even pin a golden medal on you for sass and insubordination if it saves that reverb unit, all right? It was $5,000. Expensive. It's top of the line. I just love the way it makes me sound like I'm in a cavern or perhaps in outer space. Henry, can we turn this thing back on? Jeez, Roy. No? That was fast. This was just a test. Ah, thank goodness. 
goodness. Yeah, you passed the Roy test, all right, with flying colors. And I know there's a lot of pressure on you, but you must hold fast. Okay. Righteous. We need to do a commercial, Roy. When we return, I'll be dialing into the University of California, Los Angeles, chair of the Department of Space, Dr. Carl Sagan, and we will have a serious discussion. We'll learn some space facts and perhaps share a few quasi-intellectual laughs. All this and more when the Roy H. Pomeroy podcast returns after these far-out messages. Carl Sagan invites you to watch Cosmos, a 13-part series appearing on public television. Cosmos takes you on an epic journey through space and time to the galaxies, the stars, our past and our future. Join Carl Sagan as he explores some of the mysteries of life on Earth and the possibilities of life out there. Watch for Cosmos. You never know who else might be watching. Cosmos is made possible in part by a grant from Atlantic Richfield Company. Check your local listing for time and date. You're deep within a mysterious planet, a maze of tunnels and caverns being attacked by the savage electrosauri, whose fiendish electromolecular charges can make your skeleton glow. There's no escape. Faster and faster they come. It's the most terrifying moment of your life. And we've just turned it into a video game. Space Cavern by Apollo, with 48 fiendish variations. They say it's only a game. They lie. And we're back with the Roy H. Pomeroy podcast. Henry. Yes? I'm about to dial the telephone number of Sir, uh, what's his name? Carl Sagan? Yeah. Sir Carl Sagan? I don't think he's a sir. Oh, he's a doctor. He's a doctor. Right. Is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> Come on, Roy. Let's find out. Okay. All right. Where'd I put that number? It's right there, Roy. Ah, oh, here it is. Five. 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 Two. Six, two, nine. It's ringing. Turn down that music, Henry. Okay. Hello, this is Dr. Carl Sagan. Good morning, Doctor. This is Roy H. Pomeroy, and I believe your girl spoke to you about a call. Yes, my girl Bonnie set it up, and I'm free to chat about space, space areas, and my new book, California Myth or Science, due out in a deluxe hardcover edition with built-in tassel of gold. Well, it is my honor to speak with you, Dr. Carl Sagan. I just finished your PBS Cosmos series, Mm -hmm. and I gotta tell you, it knocked my socks clean off. Oh, good. And I say this as someone who, let's face facts, I'm not interested in outer space. That is, in fact, why I made the show Cosmos to begin with. It hooked me from the get-go. People are interested in outer space if they would only stop and realize that the island nation of California is just one of billions and billions of islands floating through space like the seeds of a dandelion. Yes, right. Born aloft on a wonderful cosmic wind that blows from the font of creation itself. The molecule. It's tremendous. Intellectual. And furthermore, space presents an incredible investment opportunity for asteroid miners. Yes. And the collectors of rare metals and gemstones. Now is it true that... Uh, oh, I was not done with my poetic reverie. How rude of me. Do go on, I'm sorry. Yes. Etched like the hieroglyphics into our DNA, the wanderlust born in the heart of stars within stars, a billion glinting sparks dancing on the pinhead of all that exists or has existed 
or will exist, or could exist, given the proper conditions. This, my fellow traveler of the cosmos, is the realm of which I speak so melodiously and on PBS. Oh, I have the chills. No one does it better than you, Carl Sagan. Arthur C. Clarke may wish to step aside. Uh Uh-oh, shots fired. Arthur C. Clarke, oh, Kitty got meow meow claws. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Kitty has razor-sharp meow meow claws. Dr. Sagan, you have a new book coming out for the holidays, and I happen to have an advanced copy right here in the studio. Oh, good. I count, uh... About 511 pages, mm. 16 of which are full-color pictures. Mm, straight up. Uh, what? Would you like the listeners of the Roy H. Pomeroy podcast to know about your book? It's called California Myth or Science, and it examines our island nation from a cosmic perspective. Sure, yeah. Perhaps it would serve your podcast better for me to read a brief excerpt. Marvelous. <clears throat> Introduction. In ancient times, wizards battled for control of the Golden State. Wielding primitive alchemy and robes of crimson, oh, how their wizard cries rang in the valleys and on the boardwalks. Today, we have arrived at a curious crossroads, that of science and myth. Today's modern sorcerer does not cling to a bottle of potion, but rather invokes the floppy disk and the modem. The island nation of California was once part of greater land, the United States of America, whose achievement includes the radio wave, rock and roll music, the 1970s moon landing, and of course, the laser rifle. Cleaving our land from the bedrock of the USA, a modern digital wizard vaporized all but the California lands from the Union, leaving us shanghaied like cosmic kidnapping victims in a gilded cage of some 164,000 square miles, or 420 vastly superior cubic kilometers. Has this wizard blasted us for the last time, or are we doomed to eternally fight that guy, trapped in a permanent 1982, a Mobius strip of time from which no escape is possible, like a complimentary Halloween safety flashlight dropped into a black hole? The mystery confounds mankind, but mankind don't take kindly to being confounded. Hey, top-notch material. Yeah. Thank you. Carl, are you going to stick around after the break? Because we do need to take one. Oh, I would love to, but Bonnie, my girl, is doing a throat-slitting motion with her hand, which means cut it short. Right. I am overdue in the faculty lounge where I am set to play 4D chess against a robot, whilst, and at the same time, smoking a heaven-time cylinder and wearing the hell out of a beige turtleneck and sports jacket with elbow patches like you wouldn't even believe. All right. Doctor, in that case, I bid you a fond farewell. Oh, goodbye now, Roy. We will return after these messages. A spaceship Happy Meal is hovering over McDonald's. Look over there. Wait. Now there seem to be four different designs, each in four different colors, and each ship comes with its own set of authentic stickers. Look. Wait. One of the ships is opening. Stand by. We're a Happy Meal. A regular size hamburger? Right. And soft drink. We come to Earth in a McDonald's spaceship Happy Meal. They look happy, Mom. They are, Tommy. Your kids will want to collect them all. McDonald's spaceship Happy Meal boxes. 
And the Roy H. Pomeroy podcast continues. I am Roy H. Pomeroy. This is Henry. Hello. We're doing our thing, which today is space-themed. Now, I can't know every single member of my uh, fan base on a personal one-to-one first-name thing. You know, I don't know who's listening to this show. I wonder if you care about outer space. I wonder if you're out there right now. Gazing at the stars, rolling or, or rolling your eyes at the stars. I don't know. See, that's the thing about putting on a podcast. You just don't know. You can't know. But lately, I've been thinking a lot about outer space. I don't know if you are. A little bit. I've astral projected to the dimension of the triangles. Mm-hmm. I've spoken to the ghosts of Babe Ruth and, to a lesser extent, the ghost of Jim Morrison. <laughs> I've fought monsters, magenta clouds, sentient computers. I worked on the Pizza Hut 1981 Southwest ad campaign. I've seen it all, except UFOs. Henry, do you figure that we are being visited by curious explorers from the galaxy at large? I've seen some stuff at the dunes. It could be just uh, weather balloons out there, Henry. Maybe. Or dune gas? That's a distinct possibility. Or just a star zipping around in the sky or some kind of satellite? The light I saw was kind of diamond-shaped. It wasn't like a classic saucer. Well, it could have been a skydiver who was wearing a diamond ring and one of those facets just happened to reflect the moonlight at the correct azimuth and angular vector to the moon? Oh yeah, yeah, that's probably what it was. Oh, incoming call. Patch it through at once. Hello, you've reached the Roy H. Pomeroy podcast. This is Roy H. Pomeroy, and I'm currently recording a podcast. Who is this? I'll give you a hint. All right. Space, the final frontier. Hmm. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. All right. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. Yes. To seek out new life and new civilizations. All right. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Bill Shatner. Bill! Bingo! What's happening, Bill? Henry told me you were doing a space episode, and I had to call in. Well, this is profoundly fortuitous. What's the score? What are you talking about today? Oh, Henry was talking about the time he saw some kind of diamond-shaped light in the sky. Yeah, it was kind of like changing colors, like yellow and green. Did this craft appear to maneuver in a surprising way? Um, I don't know. What do you mean, Bill? Did you observe instant acceleration? Um... Teleportation, physics-defying aerial motion. No, it kind of just sat there on the horizon. Hmm. Was there an unusual sense of time loss, time acceleration, as if you were bewitched or intoxicated by a space lady? No, not really like a space lady. Was it a Klingon bird of prey? (laughs) Oh, come on. Oh, Bill. Just a little outer space humor, Roy. Mm, Fiddlesticks. You ask me, Henry's Dune Buggy Club might have spiked their Dune beers with a little, uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. No. That'll have you seeing diamond shapes, according to the Island Nation of California Youth Awareness Substance Initiative. Sure, we have some beers out on the dunes, but it's after we've done our Dune Buggy driving and we're all thirsty. Oh. Please, gentlemen. Right? Could it have been some far-out special effects? Say... Bill has a point. Oh? George Lucas, the Star Wars man, is shooting a sand sequence out there in the dunes. And I should know, I have a small voiceover role in the upcoming Star Wars film. Oh, you know what it is? Yeah, it was LSD in my beer. Ah, tremendous. Mystery solved. Mm-hmm. Sir William Shatner, can you stick around after the break? I'm terribly sorry, but I have a ribbon cutting at a planetarium, and they want myself and DeForest Kelly to do the honors. Very well. Goodbye, Roy. Goodbye, Bill. Peace. We shall return after these messages. Ground control. 
continues. Henry, would you say we're in the final segment, the pre-credit segment? Mm-hmm, that's where we are. So it's been quite a while. Y- yeah, it has. So what do you think? What do you mean? Oh, come, come now, Sports Kaiser. Let's not pretend. Pretend what, Roy? Henry, you know perfectly well what I'm asking about. <sighs> You're not seriously asking me to turn on the reverb. It's been quite a while. It hasn't been 24 hours. It's cooled off. Come on. Roy, I could lose my license. Henry, that thing's been sitting there for ages, shedding degrees. This way and that, when we were talking to Bill Shatner, that thing was steaming off all that temperature stuff, and when we were listening to David Bowie sing about mustard, that thing must have dropped five degrees. Come on. Roy, the manual, the manual, the service manual says 24 hours. They don't just make that up. It's completely arbitrary. Are you meaning to tell me that it takes exactly the time our Earth rotates one time, and that's when it cools off? Are you kidding me? Okay, Roy, yes, you're right. There is probably some safety time baked into that 24 hours, but it's not even been 24 minutes. This is a one-hour episode, right, Henry? (laughs) Not even close. I thought these episodes were all one hour, exactly one hour with commercials. No, some are like 10 minutes long, and like I think the longest one was an hour. 10 minutes? Are you... (laughs) You're joking, Henry. Who would listen to 10 minutes of a podcast? Literally dozens of people, Roy. All right. Well, it just seems like I've been sitting here recording this thing for hours, Henry. I don't know what to tell you. The time code says 1842. Ooh, that sounded an awful lot like time travel talk. Are you talking time travel to me right now? Are you talking about the traveling of the times? Don't try to distract me, Roy. We're not turning on the reverb unit. Henry? Yes, Roy? Please. No. Please. (laughs) No. Please, Henry. Is that a direct order? Yes, I'm giving you a direct order, young man. You turn on that reverb unit right now, and I'll hear myself echoing like as if I was in a crystalline space cavern full of infinite rocks and all sorts of speakers and microphones. Please, Henry, please. I just can't do it, Roy, as much as I would love to. But Henry, this is an outer space episode. Need I remind you of your duty as an audio engineer to always provide the correct sound effects and effects and all sorts of uh, audio stuff? The levers, Henry. Think of the levers and the dials. I'll do anything for you, Roy, but I'm not going to ruin this reverb unit. Good thing our kind has left the capital punishment behind in the time of the Stone Age, or I'd strike you with this fist. Are you threatening an attack on my person? (laughs) You're damn tootin' I am. I'm threatening your person and your life. That's very unprofessional. I've got the reverb madness. Well, that is a kind of a sickness, I guess. I just got to have some reverb. I'm very sorry, Roy. 
what if I got your hero, Bill Shatner, back on the line and he ordered you to do it in character as Captain James T. Kirk of the USS Enterprise Outer Space Starship of the Federation? What'd you do with that? That would be a special treat to me, but unfortunately this badge on my shirt says audio engineer and so I have to follow the code. And that means no reverb, and I'm sorry. Reverberate me. We're talking in circles. What do you want? Gold? Nope. Diamonds? I'm incorruptible. Treats from the stars? Like wh- what? I can get you some astronaut ice cream. Oh, okay, alright. Oh, you would do it for astronaut ice cream. Fantastic. Yeah, that's fine. I can't believe the roles are reversed, but can you just feel it with your hand? Does it feel hot to the touch? Yeah, okay, hold on. What would you say it's cruising at? Um, it's, it's still warm. Warmer than room temperature, but not quite hot enough to yank your hand back and go youch? Oh no, I can totally keep my hand on it. Alright. Should I fire her up? We're really doing this, right, Henry? Yeah, we can do this. Okay. Initialize reverb unit startup procedure number seven. Confirmed for startup number seven. Check. Release automatic level control buffers 19 through 25. Buffers are released. All right, steady as she goes. Status report, Mr. Tottenham. All systems nominal. She just has to hold on for our final moments of this podcast, Henry. So far, so good. Now I want you to very slowly take her up to full power. Aye, aye, Captain. All right, here we go. Get ready to send the sound of my microphone from the mixing board into the Lexicon Digital Reverb, back into the mixing board, and from the mixing board into the four-track tape recorder. Okay. On my mark. Yes. Get set. Go. Space Righteousness. And that about does it for another exciting episode of the Roy H. Pomeroy podcast. And it's all under our belts and we've achieved it together. And perhaps that's the real lesson of the Cosmos television program of notes. We might be spinning around on planets and purple dust nebulas, but ultimately we must strive to achieve a world of peace so that we might get those space tourism dollars. Nobody wants to visit a planet where the people are fighting and making war under brother man. Henry Francis Tottenham was our audio engineer. We spoke to Dr. Carl Sagan, friend of the show Bill Shatner called in, and our audio engineer was Ted Ehlers. Sponsored by Cosmos, a video game I believe, McDonald's, and Grey Poupon brand Fancy Times Grey Mustard. I think you're supposed to put it on weird meat or something. I wouldn't put that on a hot dog if it was the last mustard in the fridge. All right, take care now. I remember one comment you made was about uh, um, allusion to uh, speed when it really had to do with distance. Yeah, the, that's right. The, the uh, parsec or solo, like. that's right. Talked about... Uh, getting to a certain place in uh, only so many parsecs of time yeah. uh, or speed Which when, it's a unit, when it's a unit of distance it's like uh, saying uh, that uh, from here to uh, san diego is 30 miles an hour it just doesn't mean anything yeah, <laughs> yeah. but how many people were sitting there that figured that out during well, the picture that all you got to do is hire one impoverished graduate student and uh, <laughs> get all the facts right i can tell you easy. that <laughs> uh, I, when Ray Bradbury was on here last night, and I, I think I've asked you this question before, because if I remember in Star Wars, they got up and they got in the spaceship and they were beyond the speed of light, right? Yep, 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 yep.